Morning. I'm excited. You? If you will, let's turn to Genesis 27. <clears throat> I think I have something to help you this morning. Genesis 27. Why is there turmoil and strife and hatred? with the people of this world and God's people. We don't categorize it as that. We say, well, they're good folks. Or, well, they're not that bad. Who's lying, you or God? Let God be true and every man a liar. Why is there such strife? Why do they want to kill God's people? And, I'm, and I mean especially blood relatives, mommy and daddy. Your wife, your your husbands, your boys, your girls, your, your cousins, your friends, then your neighbors and those you work with, and they want to kill God's people. They want to. Why? Why do those that do not bow to the Lord Jesus Christ and worship him, why do they want to kill you? You may say, well, my loved ones and my brothers and my sisters and my mommies and my daddies and all those people that I care about, they don't want to kill me. Yeah, they do. You know why this place ain't packed to the teeth right now? People hate God. Are they 14 million people in this room trying to get in and cutting holes in the ceiling to lower their sick ones and hurt ones through the ceiling? You know why? Because natural man hates God. That's just a fact. What's the grace in that? What's the, the love in that? Some don't. God loves some. There's some Jacobs in this world that God loved. He chose before time in Christ to be made like Christ. That's a miracle. That's called a miracle of salvation. If the gospel was the topic, those that we love, those that we call friends, and those that we care so much about, if the gospel's the topic, they'll kill you if they had the chance. Your brothers would kill you if they had the chance because they hate God. That's as plain as I can put it. My brothers and my sister would cut my head off if I talk about the God. They don't mind me getting religion. Are you going to church? Oh, that's good. Oh, did you quit drinking? Good. Did you quit smoking cigarettes? Good. <laughs> good. Quit cussing? That's wonderful. Straighten up and live right. But if you start talking about a sovereign, holy God that sends everything, good, bad, and ugly, it's all of him. He rules and reigns, and it's every bit for his glory. You shut up and don't you tell me about that. You stop talking about that. Why? Is this new? Is this your new experience? Is this, my new, is this just something that just come about in six months? No, it's not. Let's read here in our text, Genesis 27. I want you to see this. There's just five verses. And, and we're going to see some comfort here. For God's people... There's going to be some comfort, and there's going to be some instruction. We'll give you good input as to what you ought to do <laughs> out of a debt of gratitude. We're not just supposed to be wandering around like ping pong balls, just bouncing all over everything. Like, oh, Lord will send some birds to feed me. No, we got to have some sense too, don't we? There ought to be some comfort, some instruction, and the message of salvation. That's where our comfort, and that's where our instruction comes from. Isn't it? Let's read it together. Here, Genesis 27, we'll begin in verse 41, just five verses. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing 
wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. And she went and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, concerning you, doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice, and arise, flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran, and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away, until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. Then will I send and fetch thee from thence. Why should I be depraved also of you both in one day? Natural man, the only reason they don't kill us in our day, the only reason my family doesn't kill me, the only reason your family doesn't kill you is because the father's still around. You know what Esau said? He said in his heart, he didn't say this out loud. We'll get to that in a minute. But he said in his heart, he said, the days of my father's mourning, he already blessed us because he's about to die. As soon as we get him in the grave and the wake's over, I'll play church, I'll play religion, I'll keep up with all this stuff, and now I'm killing Jacob. Ain't nothing changed. Nothing changed. Turn over to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, begin in verse 16. <clears throat> Matthew 10, verse 16. <clears throat> Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. That's his preachers, but that's also all of his people. We go into this daily world, don't we? Go to work in the mornings. Be ye therefore as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And they shall be brought, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Well, now that's not talking about my family, <laughs> is it? No, that's mean, folks. That's the government, and that's him, the boogeyman. Everybody's just scared to death of. Fools are scared to death of. Oh, well, let's see if he clarifies. Verse 24, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death. Well, it's just sibling rivalry. no. And the father, the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Who's telling us this? Who's speaking right now? The Lord is. Believe him. Believe him. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. That's why. Why do people hate you? <laughs> for Christ. But he that endureth till the end shall be saved. Is this something that's just worn on your sleep? You can't help it. If Christ is in you, they're going to know. Whenever Peter went to the first time he denied the Lord, you know who it was to? A teenage little girl doorkeeper. It was a 13 year old girl keeping the door. And she said, I know you. You're one of the Lord's disciples. <laughs> You're Christ's disciple, ain't you? She knew that. 
Isn't this obvious? That's what the Lord says. He said, all men's going to know you're my disciples if you have love one towards another. There's a countenance in God's people that can't be denied. There's some evil in people that can't be denied either. They just spew nastiness and deceit, don't they? Verse 23, but when they persecute you in this city, flee to another city. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over all the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. The disciple's not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. Is it enough for the disciple that he shall be as his master and the servant as his Lord? If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, what did they say about our Lord? He's got a devil in him. How much more should they call them of his household? You know, people's told me that I talk too much about the blood and I'm crazy and I got a devil in me. <laughs> it's been told. It's been told. Should I be shocked? We'll see the next hour. Oh, David had somebody cursing him, didn't they? Come out cussing him and throwing rocks at him. His servant said, nobody's going to talk to my Lord that way, not my king. Let me go down. I'm going to cut his head off. I'll bring it to you on a platter. And he said, not Lord put that in his mouth. Lord made Shimei cuss me. Leave him be. It's so in it. This is what happened between Jacob and Esau. <laughs> the Lord said, brother's going to be against brother. Father's going to be against child. Those enemies are going to be those of his own household. That's figuratively and literally. It's going to happen. Is this new? Is that just New Testament stuff? Turn back to Genesis 4. I thought about this too. Genesis 4. Here's the first set of brothers. Lord said brothers are going to put up brother to death, isn't he? Here's the first brothers. Genesis 4, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass. How long is that? I don't know. It's wild. That Cain brought the first of the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth in his countenance. Fell. What's the difference? Well, Abel, like he was told his whole life, said, you're going to have to bring blood we're going to worship God. Where were they at? Worshiping God. They knew to go to church. <laughs> Is that enough? Is no one to go to church? Is any, will any church do? They'll die and go to hell if it's wrong. God won't respect it. But they knew what to do. Abel came and said, this ain't mine. That's the Lord's. That thing live is alive because the Lord did it. And there must be blood. They knew about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Cain came and said, but you've seen these broccoli. You know how hard it is to grow broccoli in the desert? It takes a lot of water. It gets too hot, it gets too cold, it won't grow. I, I put cloths over it, if it got too hot in the sun. I, I put mulch around it, if it got too cold at night. I watered it. I made sure I, I ringed it and manured it and everything else. And, I did, and it's beautiful. It's huge. Well, God did that, didn't he? I'm thankful I'm not like other men. God said, I have no respect for that. There must be blood. There must be blood. The wages of sin is death, isn't it? Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Verse 6, And why is thy countenance found? If thou doest well, shalt not thou be accepted? This ain't a new question. You've known this your whole life. 
for 100 years, 200 years, however long they've been there, Adam's told them this. And if thou doest not well, if you don't believe Christ, if you don't look to him only, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. They said, why did you bring a lamb? Like, that's, that's the only thing we can bring. Where in the world did you come up with fruit? <laughs> that's the way that seems right unto man ends death. What was you thinking? I want to tell, I want to speak plainly to people in this generation because I don't think they got long to go. I want to be like Paul to the Galatians. Who's bewitched you? What is wrong with you? Stop it. <laughs> You're going to die. Did Cain say, oh, you're right. Find me a lamb. i got to take blood to God. I can't come of my own. The innocent blood of another must be shed for me. Did he do that? Cain talked to his brother Abel when it came to pass. When they were in a field, Cain rose up and killed Abel, his brother, and slew him. He killed him. Mm. That's nothing new, is it? That's, a, that's as old as it was. That's the two brothers. Isaac, we read a couple weeks ago, he was down there blessed a hundredfold in that drought, and the Philistines envied him, didn't they? Parents of that blind man in John 9, that father and that mother said, I don't know, ask him. <laughs> I can't lose my standing in the church. I have an eldership. <laughs> Fools. Who's bewitched them? They've bewitched themselves, haven't they? In our day, too. But it's not so much us. It's not so much Abel, it's not so much Isaac, it's not so much David to Absalom and everybody else in the scriptures. It's the God that we serve, the God that saved us, the one that loved us first. Who, us who are unlovable. God showed mercy and he showed grace. And we tell somebody, I say, I don't deserve nothing. But out of God's wisdom and for his glory solely, he chose me before time and gave me life. Call on him who's able to save to the uttermost. People pull their knives out. I'll cut your head off. You're saying I ain't good? you say saying grandma ain't good? My mommy and daddy, my brothers and sisters, I liked them. They cursed God and they lied on him and said that he wants things and they, they preached a little G God their whole life, but, but I liked them. It don't matter, does it? It don't matter. Why does this happen? Why do we have these worldly struggles? Why could it be that in my own home, in my family, those that share the DNA that I have, my blood relatives, why would they want to kill me for this gospel's sake? It's for our benefit and for God's glory. I'll tell you the first reason. One, to keep us humble. To keep us humble. A good cushion from Shimei ain't never hurt nobody. <laughs> That's good for you. That's good for me. My pastor went down to Mexico years ago and went to go preach. And, and there's people down there that love the Lord. They love the Lord. And, and they know they've been taught some things about God's grace to sinners. And they love and respect and honor those men with a double portion of honor that preach the gospel. And my pastor went down to preach to them. And you know what they had up? They had flags up. They had a Mexican flag one of the other preachers from another state, Louisiana. They had his flag up, and they had the, the Commonwealth, it's not a state, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. <laughs> True blue flag. And they had a big banner hung up, and it said, Welcome, Brother Henry. Now, that's kind, and that's respectful, isn't it? That's dangerous is what that is. 
That's dangerous is what that is. God had to keep him humble, didn't he? Someone had to curse him. Keeps us humble. And we need that. And the Lord knows how to humble his own. I wouldn't correct them folks for doing that to him at all. Good. Give him, go kill a calf and give him filet bignon. <laughs> He'll be all right. Got to preach word to you. Lord knows how to take care of him. But for the reason this happens in our own homes, in our own families, keep us humble. Two, to make us cry unto the Lord for help. We start to cry. What are you going to do if your own turns against you? Who can help? Well, your own can't. That's your flesh and blood. That's your family. I'll turn to my brother. Well, my brother's the one trying to kill me. Did Jacob say, Esau, can you help me out? I say it sometimes. Kevin's a mean man. But Bailey, now he's a good fella. <laughs> Same guy, I'm Kevin Bailey. Bailey's a good fella. Kevin's that mean fella. He can't turn to Esau. That's the one that's going to kill him, isn't it? Who are we going to turn to? The Lord. And I don't mean cry out because everybody's going to cry out. You get a flat tire, you'll cry out to God. You don't win the lottery, you'll say, oh, help me. I mean a soul cries. Not doctrine, not playing church. A soul cry to God. He'll send these troubles, he'll send these trials to do that, to keep us humble, to, keep, to make us start crying to him, and to make us need God's people. What, what do you desire most when you have an enemy? A friend. What do you need most in battle? An ally. You need a battle buddy. That's what you need. It. He makes us see our need of God's people. A desire to be with brothers and sisters that want to worship the true and living God while we're on this earth. It's necessary. It's necessary. Well, Kevin, I don't know. It don't matter what you know, and it don't matter what I know. God says it's necessary. He calls us sheep. What's a sheep fear more than anything? Being alone. Being alone. They're herd animals. They've got to be together. <laughs> I don't, you all are together. I'm not saying I hope somebody hears this as a sheep that's cold and lonely and finds other sheep to be with. It's for their benefit. It makes us humble. makes us cry to the Lord. makes us see a need of gathering, assembling with his people in public worship. It's necessary. Forsake it if you want to. I'm telling you it's necessary because God says it's necessary. And to make us desire to leave this present evil world. I'm thankful for my brethren. I love you. But we're going to be in the same place. We have some brethren that's gone on home. And I miss them. But it's just like they're in Hawaii and I'm going next week. <laughs> I'll see them in a little while. I don't care. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll be different, but we'll be together. We'll worship the Lord together. We'll worship the Lord here. We'll worship the Lord there. But whenever the, the, the woes of this world weighs on us and our children are out to get us and our mommy and daddy's out to get us and our brothers and our sisters are out to get us and those we love and we work with, those we wake up and go to work with in the mornings want to kill us, you get tired of it. You get tired of it. That's a trial. It's heavy. Oh, it's, what am I going to do? I'm going to wake up tomorrow and have these same woes again? Guess what? You've got cancer and you've got a week left to live. Okay. Woo! <laughs> Good. I'm ready to leave. I've watched people die that did not rest, have all their rest sitting in Christ. It's a frightful thing. They'll scream and cry and beg. Wait, 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 wait. Old Mr. Rogers laid on his deathbed. He went to seminary, you know, and he said, Have I done enough? Have I done enough? Have I done enough? Have I done enough? Well, I got to tell you the answer no. You can't even start till you're dead in trespasses and sins. 
Believer, I wish I could see a believer on their deathbed and say, has Christ done enough? Amen, he has. <laughs> That's going to hurt, and I don't know what's going to happen. I wish Laz was here to tell me what's going to happen, but hold my hand. But I got one better I'll wake up and see here in a second. It humbles us, makes us cry to the Lord for help, makes us need God's people while we're on this earth, and it gives us a desire to depart. We can't have fellowship with darkness. We know that. We get sick and tired of this world. That's four reasons we have so much trouble in our personal relationships, and I hope that's a blessing to you. I hope that helps you. But that's the fight, isn't it? Hope there's some comfort in it. Hope there's some relief in the battle. That's the fight. Now, what about the flight? There's a the title of my message, from, from Fight to Flight. What about fleeing to Christ? Back in our text there, in Genesis 27. I like it when it works out this way. It was Genesis 27 last week. Four characters. And we'll give them, I'm going to give you the whole key to it up front. Is that all right? There's four characters here, and this is beautiful. This is a declaration of the gospel. Esau, he's a picture of the law. Well, Kevin, last week you said Esau was a picture of Christ. He is. And Esau is a picture of the brother that wants to kill you. He is. You ever seen God use somebody for a season? Well, if he needs somebody to preach, and I wasn't available. He can make stones get up here and talk. He make, he's made a jawbone of an ass talk, hasn't he? Esau is a picture of the law here. Rebecca is a picture still of the Holy Spirit like we saw last time. Jacob is always a picture of the sinner. Sinner. And Laban. Rebecca's brother. And Haran. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Look here in verse 41. Genesis 27, 41. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. He hated him because of the father's blessing. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. He's a picture of the law. He's against us. Did you know that? Everybody likes to put, well, well, I'm going to get mad and I'm going to go protest because they don't have the Ten Commandments on the courthouse. Oh, hush. Knock it off. You can't keep them Ten Commandments anyway. If you had any good sense, you'd run. (laughs) That law is against us, against natural man. Isn't that what? Paul wrote to us in Colossians. He said, and you being dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he's quickened together with him, forgiving your trespasses. How? Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us. Man said one time, well, the handwriting of ordinances, that's man's traditions, that's not the law. Well, that's what was nailed to his cross. Christ took it and nailed it to his cross. That's his ordinances, isn't it? That's what was against us. I don't care if a man's against me. We've offended God. He was against us. And he had to send a propitiation. He had to send a bloody acceptable sacrifice. He had to send his own lamb for us. And he spoiled the principalities and powers, and he made a show of them openly, <laughs> openly, and triumphing over them in it. The law says die. You get that? You deserve death. What you did was wrong in every point. We deserve to die. Verse 42. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah. He said it in his heart. How'd she know? God looks on the heart. Remember, Rebekah's the Holy Spirit. You can fool me. You can fool your brothers. You can't fool God. And she sent and called Jacob, her younger son. <laughs> the Holy Spirit comes to us, calls us by name, and said unto him, Behold, you pay attention, thy brother Esau, 
that's touching thee doth comfort himself, purposing to kill thee. The Holy Spirit, Rebecca, says the first thing to a sinner, the law is against you, and it's rightful for you to die unless you flee to one, I tell you. It's rightful for you to die. That's a unique message in our day, isn't it? What is all over? There's real estate companies called God is Love. You know, it's crazy. God loves you. Jesus died for you. That's the message of everybody, isn't it? Broad spectrum, across the boards. Well, what about Catholics? Well, what about the Pentecostals? Well, what about this? Well, what about nothing? It's the same. There's two religions, <laughs> grace and works. They lead off, God loves you. Jesus died for you. You know, not once did any of the prophets, not once did any of the apostles, not one of God's earthen vessels in our day, not once have they, not once do they, or will they ever say, God loves you and little Jesus is just dying to save you and you're in his hands, or he's in your hands, and he's just waiting for you to do with him as you see fit. Will you please accept him? That ain't never happened. If someone says those things, if that's what you said underneath when you was a kid, I'm, this is bold, and I'm going to tell you, plain, somebody's got to. They're liars, they're thieves, and they're charlatans. They're not telling you the truth. That's not the gospel. It's not. What does God's people say? What's his preachers say? Thus saith the Lord your God. That's <laughs> what God says. Not what I think. All flesh is grass. You knowingly and unknowingly and, and willingly, you broke God's holy law. Whether you knew it or you didn't know it. And you cannot be in his presence. He's holy. And the soul that sinneth, it must die. We get that. Did you know that? Natural man gets that. Let me ask you a question. You're going to go in for a surgery. They're going to take out your appendix. Do you want them out changing oil and not wash their hands before they come and take your appendix? Well, no, it's a sterile field. <laughs> if their hands drop below like this, it's dirty. You got to go wash again. Got to be elbows up, don't you? No, it's got to be clean. Why? Something might get in and defile that person. We can't have no dirtiness in a, in a surgery room, an operating room. We know that, don't we? What makes man think he can stand for a holy God? God's people come. His preachers come saying, Thus saith the Lord, all flesh is grass, and behold, your God. God's holy. That's what Jonah came preaching. He said, Forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. You can't be in his presence. He's coming. Repent. You've sinned against the Holy God. John the Baptist came, saying the same thing. In those days, John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Peter said, Repent ye, therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Our Lord came. It says in Matthew 4, 17, From that time Jesus began to preach and say, What's the first thing he said? Repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Turn to the Holy God you offended. But it don't make no sense. He's the only one where mercy can be found. Beg him for forgiveness. Beg him for mercy. And he delights to show mercy. He does. <laughs> Rebecca was warning Jacob. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Is when he's come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Once a man's convicted of his convicted and convinced of his condemnation. Once you know you're going to die, you'll quit kind of calling out and needing a favor from God. You'll cry out from the soul. And you'll see that Christ is righteous. He's the Holy One of Israel. He's the one that lived perfectly. He's the one that satisfied the law. And that's the only one you can cry out to. 
and we flee to him. Verse 42. And these words of Esau, her elder son, were told to Rebekah, and she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said unto him, Behold, thy brother Esau, as touching thee, as concerning you, <laughs> doth comfort himself. What he's doing is right, to kill thee. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise and flee thou to Laban, my brother, to Haran. Flee to the Savior at Calvary. Flee to him right now. Obey me. <laughs> I'm just telling you what God said. Obey him, and I'll, I'll double down on it. Run to Christ. Run to him. Run to that city of refuge. You killed somebody. You're going to die. He's the city. Go in. Don't go to the outside of the city and tell everybody all about the city. I know men that tell you every block and brick and that whole wall. And you know what kind of door latches they had? Here's the kind of hinges they had. And these hinges were invented in 1600. Oh, hush. Go in. <laughs> You'll die outside. Don't matter if you're a foot away or a mile away. Flee to him. Run to him. Verse 40, 44. And tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away. Stay at the foot of the cross until the Lord shows you your enemies are gone. Well, I got so many demons I'm fighting. Well, run to him until he defeats your demons. Look to him more. That ain't, that ain't bad advice. You get that? I ain't never going to go wrong telling somebody to look to Christ. I've been told I was going wrong. <laughs> I ain't doing wrong. <laughs> look to him. Run to him. Stay there until your enemy's gone. That the law's been satisfied. That law's going to kill you. Stay looking to him until you see that that law is completely satisfied. Every jot, every tittle worked perfectly in his hand, not ours, on our behalf, his righteousness. He magnified the law. Did you know that? He magnified it. That law is holy. He kept all of it. How do we know that law is holy? He's the one that kept it. <laughs> he saw fit to keep it. Oh, it's important, isn't it? He had to live that perfect life for me i got to stay at his feet, run to him, tarry with him until I see he had to live that life for me. And I see why he had to come, and I see why he had to die, and I see where he is now. That blood's necessary. And because of that blood, judgment has been satisfied. I'm the sinner, he's the Savior, and it's finished. The Holy Spirit has to make us obey his voice to know that. You get that? <laughs> It's a work of God. This is just. Do you know that? For us to flee to Christ, that's right. That's just. And he's the one that justifies because of Christ's blood. That's what blotted out our sin. Verse 45, you stay there until thy brother's anger turn away from thee, and he forget that which thou hast done to him. The Holy Spirit speaks of his brother, Christ. You call them brothers, can't they? They're one. It's a triune God, manifest in a body, whole Godhead in a body. He said, you go to my brother. <laughs> That's who he's testifying of, isn't it? We're about the Holy Spirit. He's going to testify of Christ. He said, you go to my brother, and you stay with him until the law forgets what you've done to him. How could the law forget? The God who changes not, the God who cannot forget, says their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more because he sees the blood. 
Now, we know that. We have liberty. All things are legal. Don't mean they're expedient. All things are legal. Do you want to leave Christ? And See, I believe that law is plumb, teetotally fulfilled. Every jot till, every bit of it. Clean. I'm, I'm, I'm made as holy as he is holy right now. Right now. You, I believe your new man that's dwelling in you is as holy as it's ever going to be. You're going to grow in grace. I believe that. Now, do you want to turn to the law? It's been for, let's just stay at his feet. You know how long Jacob stayed there? A long time. <laughs> she said, you stay a couple days. Oh, it was a whole lot longer than a couple days. Why don't you go outside and see if death's out there? Nah, I'll stay right here. <laughs> I'm going to stay where Christ is my life. Isn't that good? Good thing. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this hour. Thank you for our brethren of old that you've written and recorded these things for our instruction, for our comfort, and that we can see how your son saves his people. Make us flee. Make us obey the voice of your spirit. Flee to Christ and tarry with him. Stay there, right at his feet. Thank you for such great a salvation. Lord, give us a word. Be with us as we're persecuted in this life, as those seek to kill us. and Speak through your people. Use your power to allow us to say, come see a man that told me everything about me what truth we have what a Christ we have a Messiah thank you Lord forgive us for what we are it's in his name that we ask it amen All right. well we'll meet back 1030 there's a couple I emailed everybody this morning it's the final uh, Caribbean mission newsletter last one I can print out more if you want it. We've got a few pieces of paper left in the office. But the last one, email everybody a copy, and there's a few copies on the back table there if y'all would like to read it. And, uh, and I'm thankful for Moose, and the Lord's made him faithful for a long time. So as they go on to the next thing the Lord has for them, that happens. I'll give you a long list <laughs> of the Lord moving his voice uh, to another pulpit. Uh, it happens more than you think. Uh, but I pray the Lord's in it and blesses those people, Montana and Moose. And he's with them as he's promised he will be. So anyway, 1030. Thank you.